welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. On Sunday evening, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo were live on Twitter both before and after the Packers-Chiefs matchup to give you their takeaways at the halfway point of the season, as well as their playoff predictions and instant reactions from the game. You can find the pre- and post-game shows on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the ringer. Welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here. Heel producer Jim Cunningham is out. He is flying. Decided to fly on podcast day, but we have nephew Kyle. I'm going to call him my nephew Kyle because Bill Simmons calls my cousin, our cousin, Jimmy Kimmel. So my nephew Kyle filling in. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Now, Kyle, Jim has a $2 million pick. I know the house and Simmons do a $1 million pick every Friday on the ringer. Uh, Jim is so good. He does a $2 million pick. If wow. you want, within the next hour, between now and uh, the end of the hour, you could do a $3 million pick if you're ready to give one um, at the end of the podcast. We do, and we, we, who knows? It could go up and up and up. But are you, are you prepared to give a $3 million pick? I got a $3 million pick in my back pocket, Sal. You do? I do. Okay, I will go to you at the end. All right. Um, when we do best bets. Before that, we're going to uh, go over the two big NFL games of the week. That is New England-Baltimore. And I'm going to say big because I think the Cowboys could blow it. Dallas, New York Giants. Uh, the NFC West odds, we'll go over those. We'll do Alabama-Clemson or the field, which is a better bet. We're going to take a ride on Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino. And we're going to do it all with my gurus of gambling my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, it's shaking. What's going on, buddy? Well, listen, I want to get to a, a, a very serious issue. I feel like the degenerate trifecta is, is coming apart at the seams, and it has nothing to do with gambling. Everybody is as good or uh, as bad as they've been in the past gambling-wise, except <laughs> Harry is on fire. He is absolutely on fire. Harry, you you, uh, you toot your own horn. If you haven't seen it on Twitter or anyone else or anywhere else, Harry is all over the place. What is your record at this gold nugget contest? I am currently 37, 18, and 1 against the spread. I was 6 and 1 uh, last week. Uh, my loser was Michigan State, but uh, I came back strong in the pros. Uh, had the Eagles and got very, very fortunate, very lucky to have the Rams at minus 13. Yes, you are. And you've been doing this week after week with this contest. And I'm shielded from a lot of this, the bragging. I mean, I see it on Twitter over and over. You're bragging. But I guess there are side texts going on with you and the Parlay Kid and Brother Bry. Parlay Kid, you're especially annoyed by Harry's, um, not his success, but him rubbing it in, right? Yeah, well, because... Well, you only hear about the winners for the most part, Sal. Again, I mentioned this about a month ago. It's been a while since Harry has uh, texted Brian and I uh, a bet he is making. And I've gone back and have looked at all the bets Harry's made uh, that he's told us he's made over the last, I don't know, three or four or five months. And he's lost 24 out of his last 25 wow. bets that he has sent us. <laughs> all it takes yeah. is one. All yeah, well, one, probably, kid. Uh, not one maybe. out of 25, I, 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 guess. I don't think you're getting that kind of odds on your bets. You know, so you? there's uh, something to be said about, you know, be, you know, a little having a little humility about things. And this guy, you know, this guy's giving out winners for Odd Shark, but has he given out winners for AAO here? Has he been doing that? Like, this well, is where Harry gained his fame from, Sal. This is where he gained his fame from. And I feel like, well, you know, I try. Yes. He tries. I want to get into that for a second. Yes, Harry, that is, this is the podcast. This is where you made your gambling name for yourself. And, but you're going off on these other little uh, avenues and winning there, but not here. You're giving us at least two losers in a row. I know I jumped on your bet, your best <laughs> football bet. Um, I, I don't even remember what it was because we did a basketball preview in there. Somebody, do you remember? I know you had UMass under in one bet, and then I jumped State. back with you in some. What was it? Mississippi State. Mississippi State. That was a, a, a that was a blown game a couple weeks ago. But yes, the parlay kid is correct. This is like you sign a contract with the Clippers and you go 0 for 15 from the field, and then you turn around and say, "Yeah, but uh, you should have seen me in a pickup game in uh, Inglewood. I scored 37 against these middle school." Kids. You want me? You want me to give 10 picks at the end of the show? I'll, I'll be glad to do so. 
Now, I want you to give one and win that one. Brother Bry, you agree? This is He's gotten out of control, right? Well, well, I think the funny thing is with Harry, right? We get, the only, the only thing that I get annoyed about is Harry will send, he'll send me 30 texts throughout the week or even on Saturday, Sunday, just letting me know like each and every game, like, oh shit, I should have been on Colorado. Everybody was on Colorado. Or he's telling me his record. He knows. If anybody's going to follow his record, it's going to be me. So I'm going to know exactly how he's doing. But he's still right. he's still texting me after every game, just updates. Look, I, 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 I listen. I think look, that, that that that's well and good. But I just think Parlay Kid right now is a little <laughs> sour grapes since he's in about 260. Look, look. I will say though, I I do kind of get I'm it. I feel like in, <laughs> I'm in third. I get Out it though. Like in the betting industry. You kind of have to like self-promote yourself because everybody hates you, right? Everybody's rooting against you, so you kind of have to self-promote yourself. I, I, I do get that. It's just there, there are sometimes like Parley kids say, it, it just might be a little bit too much. Well, that's that's a a it's a little too much, and you you, you don't want, you, everyone's hating you, but your friend shouldn't hate you, and Harry, it's gotten to that point. And B, <laughs> like the Parley kid said. He made a All name right. for himself on Against the Laws. It's in his Twitter handle, at AAO Harry. It's not at Gold Nugget Harry or anything else. It's at AAO Harry. That's his Twitter handle. And speaking of Twitter, now you have some real haters, people who liked you before, Harry. We're going to get this guy to call in. I couldn't get it get it to happen. Michael uh, Dortheimer, he writes. <laughs> he tweeted uh, today. He tweets, he was out your there. self-righteousness is totally out of control. I cannot listen to at AAO Harry because I do not want to hear and read you on Twitter. It's becoming somewhat nauseating. FYI, I used to be one of your biggest fans when you were humble and honest, WTF. And then you went back at him, and he said, <laughs> you've gone from lovable and articulate to someone who needs to be muted amongst a half a dozen other things. I don't know what those other things, <laughs> muted and, and well, neutered. I don't know what else uh, you can be. Muted. Where's my dishonesty? That's all. I just wonder. I want to know. Where's my dishonesty? Where's my well, dishonesty? Brother, <laughs> brother Bry pointed out, maybe you're not listing all your um, losses. When you're bragging. Well, we have, we, we're not sure yet. It's possible that person is Ken. Now we, we still, there's a, there's a 75% (laughs) chance that's Ken who's writing that. So. All right. Harry's boss, Ken. All right. Uh, Nephew Kyle, do you have anything to say about this? I follow Harry on Twitter and everything that's happening should keep happening. Oh no. Oh, Oh, we, he's gone back. Now we have a Tate Frazier, another Tate Frazier here. Oh boy. Stay away for another couple of weeks. <laughs> I should talk to Kyle before the show. This is not going to be good. All right, let's get into the good stuff here. I mean, I thought that was good stuff too, but let's get into the NFL right now. The Patriots look unbeatable, two to one odds to win the championship. Saints, five to one. They're in second. 49ers undefeated, eight to one. Packers, 10 to one. And boy, the Chiefs are 15 to one. I pointed out to Simmons Sunday. I said, you know what? If they're 10 and six winner, in the AFC West, they could be the four seed. That could be the first team the Patriots play after their bye in the playoffs. It's getting a little weird. 15-1 to 1 is interesting. Now, speaking of those Patriots, they go to Baltimore. Um, this is a Sunday night game, right? Sunday night game, Baltimore is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. The over-under is 45. Um, they're the only team in the division with a winning record, Baltimore is. We know what the Patriots have done. Their defense is lights out. If they didn't out, uh, score an offensive touchdown, I think they would be 4-2-2 two and two or something crazy like that. It's really, it's a, we've not seen a defense like this in many, many years. Three and a half is a spread, 45 over under. Let's go to you, Parley Kid. Who do you favor here? Yeah. So I'm going to be taking the Pats at minus three and a half here. This is the game that can push Lamar Jackson into superstardom, right, with a with a, uh, with a big win over the Patriots. Uh, and, by the way, why can't we just say what Lamar Jackson really is? He's an excellent football player, possibly mm-hmm. the best running quarterback ever, and he throws well enough. He's a heck of a QB, but he's not an elite thrower. Right? So we know what the Patriots are going to try to do here. They're going to try to keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. They're not going to let him beat him with, with his legs. And... You know what Belichick's record is, Sal, against first or second year quarterbacks? He's won 21 straight against wow. first or second year quarterbacks. Wow. Pats 27, Ravens 20, Pats cover that three and a half. Pretty good. 27 20. All right. So you're saying it barely goes over. Yeah. For those of you uh, Lamar Jackson haters and QBR uh, lovers, 
Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, virtually exact, almost exactly the same QBR. If you want to go at it like that, he's not a throwing quarterback, okay. fine. Same QBR as uh, Tom Brady. But speaking of Tom Brady, career against the Ravens, 6-1, and 5-1, one, 1-ATS, one, one nine touchdowns, four interceptions. And as far as a home underdog, Brother Bry, the Ravens, since 2008, 33%. I think they're 3-8 and eight in the last 11 as a home underdog. But you're staying away from the game. You're more impressed with the Patriots defense, or as impressed as uh, a lot of people are. Yeah, I love the under 20 and a half here. Like 20, 21 points seems like a lot for the Ravens to score in this game against the Patriots. Since the KC playoff game last year, in the last nine games, the Pats defense has given up four touchdowns. That's crazy. In nine games, four touchdowns, even if it's against really bad teams. And like Darren was saying, you know, the one thing you can do against the Pats is you can run against them. And Baltimore is the best r- rushing team in football. But Belichick is going to make Jackson throw. He's going to keep him in the pocket, like Darren said. Uh, but I just get the sense this is going to be a, a pretty low-scoring game. The Pats will probably play ball control to try and keep the ball away from Jackson as much as possible. So similar to similar to the parlay kid here, I I, I have the Pats winning 27 to 16. But I just think again, 21 points is a lot. It's not like the Ravens are putting up 40 a game. I mean. I think in their last five, they're averaging 25, 26 points. So 21 seems like a lot here. That's good. That'll be a fun one to watch. All right. This is not going to be fun. Monday night, Cowboys at Giants. I don't know why I'm so doom and gloom here. Parley kid. Parley kid could sympathize with me here. Cowboys are a full seven-point favorite. Over-under is 48. You know, beat them pretty good 35-17 on September 8th. That was an Eli game. Uh this would be a teaser game if I ever saw one, if we could trust Jason Garrett. But, Polly Kid, you do trust Jason Garrett. You don't think this is the kind of game that he rolls over at? I mean, I think he should stake his job on this game, well, honestly. Well, so I think that that's a little bit of an overstatement by you right there. I, don't, I trust the Cowboys rather than really trusting Jason Garrett here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I should have looked it up, and I wish I did. Maybe you had the stat. But I'm pretty sure Garrett is not stellar off a of bye week, like a lot of coaches are, like a lot of the good coaches are. I don't think he's stellar off a of bye week, from what I can recall. I always feel like it's a letdown off a of bye week. This could be I one of those that. games. I have but, Cowboys four and four and ten against the spread their last fourteen Monday games, which seems right. Okay. Well, all right. So, you know, and and listen, this to me for the Cowboys, this is a must win going forward. They got a tough schedule. Coming up, they must they have to be looking at this as a must win. Uh, and you know the Giants do lead the NFL south with with 19 giveaways, and that's without Eli in the lineup. The Giants' defense is 28th in the league. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are fully healthy right now compared to what they've been over the last few games. Well, their offensive line looks fully healthy, and uh, I think that bodes well for Zeke and Dak and. Uh, the Cowboys are 5-0 and straight up against the spread in their last five uh, versus the Giants. And the Giants are 1-5 and in the last six against the spread at home. Uh, Dak had a perfect passing rating the first time around. I think they cover this 7, Sal, somewhere to the tune of uh, 31-20. Cowboys win. Uh, and if, if they don't, they're in trouble, Sal. They're in trouble. I agree. I agree. The Eagles took care of business in Buffalo. I thought the Eagles were better than yeah. Buffalo anyway going into that game, but they took care of business. Yeah. They seem to have a little bit of an identity back, run the ball, throw to the tight end, uh, play the, don't let the secondary beat you. They have a nice pass rush. I think they've pressured, I think like 50 quarterback hits the Eagles. They're stepping up. You, you didn't want, I didn't want to see it. I wanted to see them go away. It's not going to happen. This is where the Cowboys make things interesting off the bye. Harry, you're not touching the game. Big Giant fan getting a full seven points. This kind of their Super Bowl. You're not going to take the Giants well, it, here. You're right. You're right. But, I, you know, I think it's going to be cl- – I'm not giving this game to Dallas. I'm not saying the Giants are going to lose this game. I'm saying it's going to be close, but I'm going to go with the over here at 48. Uh, I'm looking at this game being a Sunday night shootout. Daniel versus Dak. Jones had his second four-touchdown game versus Detroit last week. Dak looks like he's back on track. Uh, last year, these rivals put up 71 points in New York. And in game one, like you mentioned, that, uh, it went over uh, uh, when they fought. Played in Dallas, uh, 52 total points. Uh, Barkley looks like he's back to 100%. He had 140 yards last week. Jones and wide receiver Darius Slayton look good together. Had a couple touchdowns last week. The Giants on defense 
are still pretty brutal, though. Darren's right. Uh, Giants are 28th in total yards, while Dallas is first in the league in total yards. Uh, six of the Cowboys' last seven games versus the division have gone over after a bye. Like I said, I think this game's going to be closer than what people think, and I think both teams hit in the 30s. All right. Now, Harry called this a Sunday night shootout. More bad information from Harry. I got to tell you, this is a Monday night game, Harry. Don't look for this game on Sunday night. This is why Dortheimer goes crazy on you. More bad information you're not going to report on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sunday night. I I am worried. Cowboys, though, 7-2. and Parlay kid, this will cheer you up, maybe, against the spread in their last nine road games versus a team with a losing record. Giants. One and five against the spread in their last six home games. That doesn't seem right, but I guess it's it's the case. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones, good garbage time quarterback. Brings brings you back, covers the spread, did it against the Lions. Ends up with Sounds good numbers. a lot like Eli. Yes, yes. A lot, a lot like Eli. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I worry. I wish we didn't have to worry about this game. I worry more than I do uh, the uh, opening week. That's for sure. All right, let's take a break. Oh, listen to this. Big news, guys. NFL superstar J.J. Watt wants to change your life. And no, he's not doing a TED Talk or writing a self-help book. This is way better. To support a great cause, J.J. Watt has teamed up with Omaze to offer you the chance to win a brand-new Ford Raptor with taxes and shipping included and $100,000 to put toward a house down payment or to help pay off your mortgage. And if that's not enough, he's even going to fly you and a friend to Houston to meet up with him for your chance to win Go to omaze.com slash odds and enter now. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com forward slash odds. And a special bonus, enter the promo code ALLODDS150 and you'll score 150 free entries. That's promo code ALLODDS150. Best of all, every donation supports the Justin J. Watt Foundation and their work to empower and inspire children through sport. Once again, omaze.com slash odds promo code all odds 150 poor poor jj watt another season squandered with injuries oh. parley kid why what when's it gonna get good for this guy no it could be that could be it Sal. we might not see him back on the football field ever again so. uh, i hope that's unfortunate unfortunately He's doing good things off the football field uh as Great he guy. continues his work that's right good guy omaze.com join this uh quickly all right NFC West odds. Now, we did this on Lock It In today. I'm fascinated by this. Not as tight as you would think this point in the year. Every team is good. Even the Cardinals show up for this game. Not really this week, this past week against the uh, Saints. So Drew Brees had to prove a point. But 49ers are favored to the win the division at minus 177. They're undefeated. Seattle Seahawks, second, 3-1 to one odds. The Rams, 4-1 to one odds. They're somewhere between 360 and 4-1. to And then there are Cardinals. At 80 to 1. Cardinals play the Niners this Thursday night on uh, Fox. What are we thinking here, Harry? San Francisco have enough firepower to run away with it. They seem faster than every other team. Uh, we haven't even seen Garoppolo have a huge game. Doesn't really matter. George Kittle, who was a breakout player last year, I think he has one touchdown this year. It's phenomenal what they're doing defensively. And um, what do you think? Yeah, do they have enough at minus 177? Do you like them to hold on? Sal, absolutely I do. Uh, I mean, sure, they played some bad teams. They're dominating teams. They're second in total rushing. They're first in total pass yards against and pass yards uh, in total yards against. Um, they're averaging, uh, giving up just 128 passing yards a game. That's insane, 128. They crushed the Rams a few weeks ago in L.A. and held Jared Goff, the NFL's leading pass, uh, leader in passing yards, Go to Paul Tree, 78 yards. This team is only getting better. Talk about a coming out party. Welcome to San Francisco, Tevin Coleman. Four touchdowns versus Carolina last week. Thank you very much. On defense, Nick Bosa should get uh, votes for Defensive Player of the Year and not just uh, for a rookie. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, D Ford's got four and a half sacks. Nice pickup for them as well. The last four games, defensively, they've given up zero quarterback passing touchdowns. They have five picks. 18 sacks. They really might be better than New England. And the Rams, I don't know, uh, I think Brian might make a case for the Rams, but again, they can't run the ball. In their last seven games, the most rushing yards by a Ram running back is 63 yards. San Francisco, I think, walks away with this division. Hmm. All right. Well, they do have a one and a half game lead over Seattle, who 
I'm a, a big fan of when the, well, not a fan, but when the center goes out, Justin Britt is out for Seattle. Really tough to recover. Really tough. I mean, I think, I think if you could short Russell Wilson for MVP, do it now. I think this is going to be where you see him running for his life, 20 yards beyond line of scrimmage. They lost their tight end, Disley, last week. So I would take Seattle out of the mix, even though they have a game lead on the Rams, beating them that Thursday night. I like the Rams. I like the Rams' odds at 4-1. to one. Sure, two and a half games back. Brother Brian, you're going to back me up here, but I think they could run the table. It's not going to be easy. They're at the Steelers. I don't care what quarterback that. Steelers were only beating the Dolphins last night. Bears, Ravens, those are home games at Cardinals. Then they uh, avenge their loss against Seattle. All right, at Dallas. And then December 22nd, the 49er game. I think they have three losses. San Francisco will have two losses. That'll be for first place, brother. Brian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you asked me... If you asked me this morning before we saw what the odds were for the 49ers to win this division, though, I probably would have actually said like minus 300 because they probably really need to go. If they go six and three, they're winning the division. Obviously, if they go five and four, they're probably winning the division, but they have a pretty tough schedule because they have the Seahawks twice, they have Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, and LA. So there's going to be some losses in there. Um, but like you just said, I think the, is there a possibility the Rams can get to 12 and 4. Yes, there is. Uh, you just went over their schedule. I think it's the easiest amongst the three. Like Seattle, as you said, the center being out, bad for them. But I, I think when they go into LA, they're going to lose that game. They're, they also have some other really tough games. So I'm thinking at best, at best, Seattle is 11 5, maybe 10 and 6, where I think, again, the Rams, I think they'll probably get to 11 and 5, but there is a slight chance at 12 and 4. So at at plus 400, I think it, it might be worth it to take them right now. Mm. 12 and 4, yeah. I think they'll have like four losses, three or four losses. San Francisco will be right around there. That's why the 4 to 1 odds. Parley kid, back me up or, or, or tell me I'm crazy, yeah. but I think you're a fan of Cooper Cup as well. I think there's one, if yeah. there's one play that's indefensible right now in the NFL, it's that six or seven yeah. yard slant from Goff to Cooper Cup. All right, Goff's had his problems. He overthrows players, he's not overthrowing that seven yard slant. And it's going for a lot more than seven yards. And he seems faster than yeah. he was. He claims he's faster than he was uh, he pre-ACL um, surgery. Sure. What, can, can you stop that play? It doesn't seem like it, Sal. But let's just hope other guys start stepping up for the Rams, like Cooks and maybe any of their running backs can get, start getting stuff done. Because you know how much money I have riding on everything Rams yeah. this season. So much so that... I might have to take San Fran at that line just to hedge a little bit here because right. I have so much going on. them. I might have to really call McVay and see if he can spot me some money if, uh, <laughs> after all the promises he made us about uh, you know, what their season was going to be like this year. I'm a little, little disappointed in it so far. But I do like what you're saying. There's, there's glimpses of the Rams really getting it together on offense. I think their defense is what it is. It's going to have moments where it's not very good, but I still think it's average, maybe slightly above average. And the Rams can just find just find what's missing. I don't know what it is, but it's really the running game. But maybe Goff really puts it together here. So, like you guys are saying, I can't put any more money on the Rams than I already have. Right. So, let's just hope it all works out in the end. All right. I hope it works out, too. I, I, I agree. I know two players don't make up a, a defense here, and Aaron Donald, best in the game, and then you got Jalen Ramsey, but Wade Phillips, figure out a way to get this done. How about how about, how about you send your team out there? They hold the team, other than the Bengals, to like 10 points, right? But hold yeah, a good right, team right. to 10 points. See what you could do. Um, let's switch to college. A lot of college football coming up. We're in like week uh, 10 in college, right, Harry? I think there's a 10th week in the uh, NCAA. Yep. Now, the odds have shifted. Ohio State all of a sudden a favorite of plus 250. Bama plus 275 without Tua. He's coming back. He'll be back in enough time. Clemson 3-1. to LSU 5-1. to Georgia with the loss 15-1. Oklahoma with a bad, bad loss. Kansas State killed me 20-1. to And Penn State also at 20-1. to Now, I'll say this. The best games haven't been played yet. We haven't seen LSU, Alabama, we haven't seen Ohio State, Michigan, which I don't think will be a great game, but it really should not be a great, great game. But uh, that's Ohio State just thrashing teams. Their pass rush is phenomenal. They keep great running games in check, and uh, Fields is right up there amongst the best. 
Alabama or Clemson. You could take either one of those or the field. The field is minus 145. Parlay kid, what is what was Alabama? I'm sorry. No, brother Brian, Alabama was plus 125, Alabama Clemson. Is that how that works? Uh, I think they were plus 110. Okay, so I you thought. could have Alabama Clemson at plus 110. Either of those teams win the title. You're getting better than even odds. Or take anyone else at minus 145. Which way are you going? Yeah, so I, what was this at the beginning of the year? It was, I think it was minus. It was minus two fifty, right, for one of these teams to win at least. Uh, yes, maybe I not higher, so. but plus uh, plus one ten right now seems like a steal at this point. Ohio State and maybe LSU, they might be better at this point, but it's still very likely that Bama is getting into the playoffs, even if they lose to LSU, because it, it's possible that Tua either might not play, they might win with an injured Tua, even if they lose with an injured Tua, as long as they beat Auburn, they're still probably going to make the playoffs especially after Oklahoma loss. So who do I trust once you get into the playoffs? The, the teams with more experience, right? So I, I trust Dabo. I trust Saban. I trust them much more over much more over Orgeron, maybe even Day, just because he hasn't been there. And look, I'm writing off teams like Georgia, Florida, Penn State. I'm, I'm sorry. But regardless, I mean, I think at this point in time, if you can get Bama at plus, either of the two at plus 110, it's kind of a steal to me because you know in the end they're pro- one of those two teams are going to be there. They're going to be playing their best ball at the end of the year. Um, Alabama has a young defense. So one, I actually i am not impressed with their defense right now, but I think by the time the end of the year rolls around, it's going to be still very good. So at plus 110 just seems way too good uh, to be true. Um, right. You're going to get one of those two teams in the finals, and then you're going to get Plus one ten is going to seem like good odds. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I'm not. I, don't, I think we agree. Clemson's not the best team. They're not. You know, but they're going to run through that conference. They're going to get there. They're going to be in the top four. They'll get that bid. Alabama could lose, like you said. They just have to lose the right game, and they could still make it if they win the conference championship or they win out and then lose the conference championship game. I think they'll be there. It helps that Oklahoma lost. It helps the uh, the case for two SEC teams. Ohio State jumping in the forefront, though. Parley kid, they don't bother you, Ohio State or LSU? You're going Bama-Clemson. Oh, yeah, sure they do, but I still like those odds, uh, like mm-hmm. Brother Bry had just said, and I think it comes down to the coaching with uh, Dabo and, and Saban. Are uh, you getting plus 110 for those guys? You got to take it as far as I'm concerned. Clemson has yet to play its best ball this year. I think their best ball is ahead of them, and I think the tide will be sparked uh, when Tua comes back, uh, and let's, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he's back for this LSU game, being that, again, you know, the money I have on him for Heisman went uh, odds, too. So right. let's hope that all comes together. But I think it really comes down right now. And uh, take nothing away from these other teams having great seasons. Uh, the Big Ten, though, I, I can't really get a read on it. Every time I'm checking scores uh, for Big Ten scores, every game seems like it's 17 nothing at a halftime or something like that. You know, I mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I think some of these offenses are brutally bad in the Big Ten. Um, so, uh, but Ohio State is the cream of the crop of, of that. Of that, but uh, mm-hmm. let's take the coaches there with Saban and and and, and Dabo and and say that plus one ten is a really nice number. Yeah, if you could be guaranteed that two of those teams are going to be in the final four, that's a great number. And you could you're we're not close to guarantee, but we're we're almost close. So I think that is a good number. Harry, you like the other side. I will say this about Ohio State. Last year, Michigan was the better team. They went into Ohio State and they lost that game. They they I think they were favored by four. Is that right, Harry? And they got blown out. They got yeah, blown away. The defense 60, is supposed to be great. Ohio State put up sixty one points in that game. Terrible, terrible. Now, this yeah. year, Ohio State is considerably better. If the same thing happens, if Michigan ups, upsets them, I know they're, they right. have a little juice. They laid it laid into uh, Notre Dame the other day. They beat Illinois big uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever. Illinois came back, but they still look to, look to handle them. If that happens, I'm not saying football's fixed, but for God's sakes, you cannot figure out the Big Ten for anything if that happens. Harry, you like the field. Is it better to take the field if you like the field? Or to take just Ohio State LSU. I mean, is there really another team in the field that could that could be in that Final Four? Well, I will say that I will t- give one other team in a second, but I do like the field. You're right, Sal. I'm all over 
Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers. He's so calm and collected at quarterback back there. Uh, LSU is second in the nation passing, and uh, they get their shot in Tuscaloosa next week. That's going to be great. LSU is way loaded on offense. They get 536 yards per game and receivers Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, two studs. They each have nine touchdown receptions. Alabama's played a softest schedule that you could possibly play through eight weeks. Um, so I really think that, that Clemson is actually better than them, and I think Dabo, after that North Carolina uh, scare, um, has his team playing really good. So I'd be looking out for Clemson, but still, LSU, and of course, like we just mentioned, you guys did Ohio State. I've been dead wrong about Ohio State this season. I thought this was going to be a rebuilding year for them, but I couldn't be more wrong. I mean, they're eighth in total offense in the country, and on defense, they've given up only 63 points in eight games. Uh, Justin Fields, I think he's getting shortchanged in the Heisman talk, too. He's got 33 total touchdowns, one pick. J.K. Dobbins has 1,259 yards and 11 touchdowns. I'm pretty damn good. I mean, this team is an absolute machine. But the one team I will say not to sleep on uh, is also in the Big Ten. Keep an eye out for Penn State. Sean Clifford, quarterback, has been playing excellent ball. He's got 20 total touchdowns. So Penn State's still undefeated, you know, and they only lost to Ohio State last year by one point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. I guess that would be the one that trip you up from the theory I'm about to present. But if you did skip the field at minus 145 and went, let's say, $100 on Ohio State and 100 on LSU, Ohio State wins, you're getting, what are you getting? You're getting plus 150 if you lose the LSU money. If you LSU wins it, you're getting four to one odds. So I think that's the thing. I don't think Oregon has a chance. They're They're down there. Penn State, I could see maybe doing something, but Forget Oklahoma. Forget Georgia. My God, I, I think they lose this week. We'll talk probably talk wow. about that later. But they're they're a mess of a team. Um, that's interesting. Wow. I would go Bama, Clemson. I still have Bama plus two fifty in the beginning of the year. I know uh, the Tua injuries scares me a little, but you got to go with the coaches here. I'm with the Sicoli brothers. Bama, Clemson. If you get those two in the final four, plus one ten is a nice number. All right, let's take a break and talk about the zone. Fight season on the zone. This fall, you get a stacked lineup of the biggest fights featuring the biggest stars in boxing, Canelo Alvarez, Andy Ruiz Jr. With a DAZN subscription, you can watch Canelo versus Kovalev this Saturday, right? Canelo's moving up two weight classes to face Kovalev for the light heavyweight world title. Can he clinch another title at the new 175-pound weight class? You also get Ruiz Joshua rematch December 7th. Unbelievable underdog win against Joshua. Ruiz lost weight. He looked he looks thin, Harry. He can be your inspiration. He lost like 40 pounds, I think. Uh, he's determined to cement his place and title as a heavyweight champ of the world. Was it a fluke? Or does he have what it takes to beat Joshua a second time? Not only the best schedule in boxing history, but the best value, too. You get everything, every fight, original content, all live and on demand for one low price. All you have to do, download the Zone app to start watching. Canelo, Triple G, all the good names. Download the Zone app, sign up at thezone.com, D A Z N.com. Brother Bry, you like that fight, right? Cold Love Canelo. It's probably not oh, it's great, easy uh, just, not just to put money on Canelo. That you, you have to watch that one. Yeah, it, it's a risky fight. It's a real risky fight for Canelo. I, I don't think I would touch the minus 400 or minus 450, whatever you have to lay. I think I actually would maybe put a little bit on Kovalev. Look, it, it maybe seemed like he was fading. You know, a couple of years ago, after uh, after some of his, you know, the Andre Ward fight, but his last two fights, I think he put away some of his personal issues that he had. His last two fights, he's looked really good. So this is, uh, this is a this is a really tough fight for Canelo. So I, at at those odds, I would probably I would lean Kovalev. Uh, it's way mm-hmm. too steep for Canelo, or I even would just not touch. If you like Canelo, probably just don't even touch him. Probably, kid, we've won money off Kovalev. We've lost on yeah. Canelo. I had Triple G twice. I don't know. Yep. I, I don't know how he didn't come out of there with a win. What do you What do you think about this fight? Yeah, that's why I probably don't touch this one. Uh, you know, Canelo's still seven years younger, but moving up two weight classes against a a good fighter. I mean, uh, you know, in his last uh, fight, Kovalev, uh, I think, uh, knocked his opponent out in the eleventh round. So obviously, he can still go the distance, and that's what I would probably take. Sal, I haven't seen odds yet. But I'd probably take the over in this fight. Um, I think it's going to go to the distance. I think it's uh, minus one fifty to go to the distance. Okay, so I, I like that. Distance. I like that minus one fifty to go to the distance. I think to me that's the safest bet in this fight. And if you were going to bet, like like Brian's saying, if you were going to, why not 
you can roll the dice on Kovalev for a little bit of money, try to try to hit some pretty yeah. pretty good odds. All right, if you're going to want to watch it, download the DAZN app or sign up at DAZN.com. Lots of good fights coming up next few months on the zone. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. I know that seemed like a sponsored segment too. Each week though, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now listen, the captain, he was on a ship. He gets he gets the he gets the Sunday ticket on the ship and he got to see the Browns lose to the Patriots. And he he's throwing his hand in the air with this Browns team, two and five. They are the most undisciplined team in the NFL with 70 penalties. Falcons 67, Jaguars 66, Texans 64, Cardinals 64, Redskins 62. I believe those five teams have not had their uh, bye yet. No, the Browns had their bye, and they're still ahead of these guys who have not yeah. had their bye. That's how it is. Uh, but it got the captain thinking, who is the most undisciplined team of all time? And he's, he's allowing us to bet on it. Is it the late 80s Detroit Pistons, 5-2 to two odds? Is it the mid-70s Philadelphia Flyers, 7-1 odds? Broad Street Bullies. 1970s Raiders. God, you could pick any era for the Raiders. 8-1 odds. Sure. 2019 Browns, I just mentioned, 10-1. Or the field at 2-1. Brother Bry, I know you have a vested interest in this one. <laughs> well, I'm going to say what you just said. There's, there's so many errors for the Raiders that I'm going to take basically every error for the Raiders and say they are just mm. the most dysfunctional team ever. Look, if you're talking about the 70s, Maybe have maybe the dirtiest team ever with guys like Jack Tatum. If it was the '80s, you had guys like Alzado. But the reason I'm taking them is the Raiders organization. They've led the league in penalties 18 times. 18 times. How is that wow. even possible? And that's not even including you know second, third place finishes. That's 18 times. I mean, the Browns team is watching this Browns team this year is just a joke, but. That's how the Raider. I mean, growing up a Raider fan, I mean, from the 90s, I, I don't know, starting in like 91, all the way up till now, I'm actually surprised they're not in the top uh, top five right now because it's ridiculous every year. I, it's always like a running joke is if the NFL is really out for the Raiders and Al Davis, which I always thought they were. But um, it's just they've always been undisciplined. It's dysfunctional. Yeah. That's why we just haven't won in forever. And I think Harry was sending me something earlier, too, about the 2011 team, too. He could probably jump on that, too. Well, what's interesting is that, so you said 18 times. That must be over three decades. All right, Al Davis uh, presided over most of that time. So you could say maybe he drafts a certain kind of player. But it's a lot of coaches that went through in 30 years, right? A handful of bad ones, too. Tom Cable. I know there's some good ones, championship caliber coaches, but... God, you'd think they changed the culture somewhere in there. But, yes, the Raiders' consistent highest penalties right up there. Not this year, though, because the Browns exist. Harry, who do you like? Yeah, you know, just to say a little bit about the Raiders. In 2011, they had the most penalties ever for a season. What a season this must have been for you, Bri. 163 penalties. Owner Al Davis dies that year. They finish 8-8. and eight, Uh a tie in first place with Denver and San Diego. They lose the tiebreaker and they miss the playoffs for the ninth consecutive year. That must have been awful. Awful. But anyways. Yeah, uh, how undisciplined is it to just die right in this season? Like, <laughs> just just, right. just well, stay alive. I said, that 2011 team for the Raiders, uh, Hugh Jackson was their coach this year. And I said to you guys, Hugh Jackson was the best coach the Raiders had from 2004 to 2015, which just shows you how bad the Raiders wow. coaches were. He may be the best coach the Browns have had in, in years, too, when, when all said and done. All right, Harry, what's your pick for most undisciplined yeah, I'm gonna franchise? I'm going to go with uh, the late 80s Detroit Pistons. Uh, when you're nicknamed the bad boys, I think you should be the favorite um, in this category. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, they had uh, ruthless, aggressive players all over the place, but they were really good, too. I mean, but still, Dennis Rodman, the king of uh, instigator, uh, instigating in the NBA, forever. Uh, Bill Lambeer, countless on-court altercations, and probably the worst bad boy they ever had was Rick Mahorn. I mean, just nonstop fights and then starting things with teams and just being so physical and and stuff that went on back then. I know me and Parley Kid always like to talk about that the 80s was the greatest era for the NBA, and uh, maybe it was, and I, I still think it is, but still, the fights that went on between Bill Lambeer and like what when he took down Larry Bird that one time when they were playing back in the Zill uh, Silver Dome, um, that wouldn't be allowed. That would, not only would that be allowed in the game today, that Lambeer 
possibly could be banned from the league. So they were just unbelievable nonstop, the, the 80s Detroit Pistons. By the way, Isaiah Thomas not afraid to throw an elbow when no one's looking either. Oh, yeah. Oh, no Tom, doubt. Big, no doubt. Listen, big, you had big spider, time spider Sally, too. You know, look out down below for them, too. He'd mix it up. All right, Parley Kid, you're going off the board. You're taking a field team. Taking the field, Sal. Taking uh, a group of players that's probably one of the worst group of men ever assembled <laughs> on a sports field. That's the 1986 match. And even oh, though... Oh. Dysfunction doesn't always mean you're going to lose. Uh, we could probably fit the uh, 1978 Yankees in this great book called The Bronx Zoo, where it, it details all of their, uh, you know, hilarity. Uh, but this Met team, Dwight, Darrell, Lenny Dykstra, Roscoe, Cisco, Hayda, Mitchell, Backman, just to name a dozen of the probably two dozen total nut jobs on that team. Uh, Gary Carter's. And probably Mookie were probably the two real solid citizens in there. And poor Gary Carter has had the worst fate out of all these guys, yeah. unfortunately. It's kind of like I would compare it to me being outlived by Harry is oh, what yeah. really happened with Gary Carter here <laughs> compared to the to the New York Mets, right? A total, total uh, degenerate, a total terrible human being. <laughs> Uh, he's going to live till he's 100. Uh, a good guy. You know, a good guy. Grandmothers uh, live to be 101. I've had right? two grandmothers live to be 101, Parley Kid. There you go. And that's what's going to happen. Bobby Ojeda, Sal himself, called this Mets team a bunch of vile human beings. And even the book <laughs> uh, was based uh, on that team called The Bad Guys Won. The 1986 yeah. Mets, worst group of human beings of all time. Well, first of all, I'll say don't don't count on Harry Livingberry. He he drinks expired milk uh, all day long, so th- that that can't be good. That can't be good to your insides. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue with Parley Kid. There was a, a group of those guys, Sisk. A few of those guys, the relievers were called the Scum Bunch. What they would do have there's been countless books written about it. Um, they got into fights. Rain. They were getting fights in bars on planes. They would tear it up. Uh, Ray Knight fought on the field. Eric Davis. Um, and then, the, like you said, Gary Carter. You know, Gary Carter invented the term f bomb. He's credited with inventing the term f bomb because he never swore he would live. He would sit in the front yeah. of the plane. He wouldn't deal with these guys at all. And uh, my right. cousin Jimmy Kimmel and I are making a documentary on this. We'll, we'll have more on that later. But this '86 mess. Oh, and the right. great thing is, it lives on. They just they keep. They're all still in the news. Dykstra's suing Darling and Backman arrested for something <laughs> stupid and Dykstra dumpster diving for his teeth. It's great. It's the greatest, you know, doc on drugs, whatever. Strawberry's like a, a, a pastor now, like a, <laughs> a famous pastor, but it's great. I am going to take parlay kid. I'm going off the board also. And no one knows about this team except those on the phone right now. Hit and run our softball team. We went for how many years, Parley? I know I played for like uh, nine or ten years, but we would brawl. We got a lot of jawing, two brawls that I remember, just jawing all the time, back and forth, sass. Uh, our buddy John Finken, half swing bunt, beat it out. Now, instead of treating him like a, a special needs player, the other team freaked out. They started screaming. Uh, our buddy Stephen Bonavita slammed a member of the green machine, who then took off, threatened to come back and shoot us, and we freaking played anyway. We played the game anyway. That was one brawl. I remember another brawl. I think we have one on video, too. I'm going to have to look. It gets crazy. But, yes, hit and run. Very undisciplined. Me, you, Polly Kid. Who else was on that team? Who else was undisciplined? Well, Brother well, brother John was probably the most disciplined. He was the Gary Carter. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, he was the Gary Carter. Exactly right. The Gary Carter of that team. Uh, yeah, but we definitely had some uh, – uh, you know, Donnie, MTP, you throw some of those mm-hmm. names out there. Yeah. Great Sal, guys. Who, Great who, guys. Sal, who started who started more fights, though, between you and Darren? Cause, uh, Darren I would start him and Sal would kind of finish him, usually. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, I think what would happen, a lot of times we would go after the umps. Bad call. You know what? I was a slap hitter. I'd ground a lot to shortstop, and I would either beat it out by a millisecond or I'd be out by a millisecond. But I would argue every single time. I think even when I was safe, I would argue. <laughs> But that would lead to the other team being like, oh, shut up already, you know, and then that would be bad. But that that's typically how something would start. But, yeah, Parley Kid would go at it too, right? 
We had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, just you know, that's how it was back then, Sal. You know, we 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 played to win. We played, you know, we played hard and uh, kind of kind of added to the excitement. You doing your four rolls onto the mound before delivering yes. a pitch. Never uh, went over too well with the opposing team. No, uh, the other team that was down seven, which is really like the only time I would do it, down a, a bunch of runs in the last inning, I would do a full roll and, and and deliver the final pitch of the game. And that was never – that wasn't good for when we had to shake hands afterwards about 40 seconds later. All right, yes, hit and run. What One of the great teams of all time. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly – Captain's orders. All right, now we're going to go sharp tank. These guys can do whatever they want. I'm going to pick one of their bets and I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to back it. I'm going to bet it myself. Now we stayed away from baseball purposely because game six, first pitch is about to be thrown in about, uh, what is it? About 15, 20 minutes. So it doesn't make sense to report on it because the series is either over or it's going to game seven by the time you listen to this. Let's start with you. All right, Harry, let's start with you. You got to pick a winner on this show against all odds, remember? All right. Give us a winner. All right. He's going to go with the Nationals, I think. That's who he's going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take a two-team, seven-point teaser. I'm going to take the Jags plus eight-and-a-half in London versus the Texans and the Tampa Bay-Seattle game to go over 44-and-a-half points. Look, Jags from one-and-a-half up to eight-and-a-half. The Jags are the king of England. They've won three of the last four games there and would have covered a teaser in all four of those games. Um, the first time they played, uh, the Jags uh, were plus eight and a half and lost by only one point to the Texans, 13 to 12. Minshew Mania takes a show to Europe, baby. 13 touchdowns, only two picks on the season, and the Jags have covered a seven-point teaser seven weeks in a row. So Jags plus eight and a half. And on the second part of that teaser, Tampa Bay, Seattle to go over 44 and a half. Uh, five straight overs for Tampa and five straight games. Tampa scored 50 in their games, 50 points or more. Uh, Tampa and James Winston are actually sixth in the NFL in passing yards. In the last five weeks, Winston has at least two passing touchdowns in four of them. The Bucks defense is 31st in pass yards against. That's good news for, uh, Russell Wilson who has 20 total touchdowns this year. Six of the last seven Seattle games have been over 45 points this season. And Seattle's defense, not that good either. Versus the pass, they rank 27th in the league. So from 51.5 down to 44.5, Tampa Bay, Seattle over 44.5, and Jags plus 8.5 is my two-team seven-point lock-it-up teaser. All right, Harry, seven-point teaser. Jags plus 8.5, Tampa Bay over 44.5. Brother Bry, hit us with a winner. All right. Um, I'm going to go Florida plus six and a half against Georgia. This this line seems way too high for me based on how Georgia has played. Their offense has really struggled the last two weeks. And, you know, maybe when you look back at it, maybe that Notre Dame win wasn't very good. Maybe Notre Dame just isn't that good either. Mm-hmm. So I think Florida is going to shut down the run of Georgia. So Fromm's going to need a really big day. Uh, Florida's offense has looked better with Trask the last couple of weeks. So coming off a bye, this is a team who's gotten beat up the last two years to Georgia. They're going to want to make a statement. I think just six and a half just seems way too much. This seems like a three-point game either way. So six and a half is just too much here. All right. Parlay Kid finishes off. Okay, Sal. Well, I'm going to go back with another three-team teaser. I've been having some success with it. And then if I hit this next week, I'll go with one of my crazy parlays. So we're going to start with the Panthers at home, plus six and a half, because we're going to add 10 now to the spread. So plus six and a half versus the Titans. Uh, the Panthers, look, before that game against the 49ers, they had won their last four prior to that and average, uh, and they didn't average, but they scored 135 points in those four games. Uh, can can the Titans keep this up? Can Tannehill, has he ever won three games in a row? Highly doubt it. Panthers a little pissed off. I think that they probably win this game, but they're going to get six and a half here. They cover that easily. The Colts plus 11 at Pittsburgh. The Colts are a solid team. Boy, we got a little lucky on them pulling out that victory the other day. I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call for the Colts. But again, we're giving them 11 here. Uh, obviously, you know, they have a great offensive line. They'll kind of run the ball a little bit here. Uh, Brissett will make enough plays, uh, for them to cover this 11. And then, uh, the Bills home against the Redskins. 
with basically an even uh, line here. Um, the Bills playing a little angry. Their defense will stifle the Redskins. Uh, they cover this one as well. They're going to win this game. So take the Panthers plus six and a half, the Colts plus 11, the Bills even uh, this week on a three-team team. All right. Well, those numbers look good. I'll say that parlay kid, but I'm going to, I'm also going to say this, and this is not a very wise, you know, sharp handicapper way to look at this, but in the beginning of the year, if you said you had a teaser with Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett and Josh <laughs> Allen and any other Allen out there, <laughs> I like, you'd be it. like eh, yep. I don't love it by week three. You'd be like, okay, I'm coming around. Uh, it's still not that great. I still think one of these guys could screw you here. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which it's going to be. Like I'm sure this, Skins take care of business. I did not like the Pittsburgh at all. Like I said, I think they lose to any other team other than the Dolphins uh, last night. That was a disgrace, even though they ended up winning by 10. Kyle Allen needed to do a little more uh, last week. Maybe the Niners are just that good. I'm sure they are. I'm going to pass on that one. Um, But I do do think it could win. I just don't trust those uh, those guys all as a threesome. Um, Brother Bry, me, Todd Furman. Clay Travis, we all took Florida today. We had six. Six and a half is even better. Um, I like Trask. He's third in the SEC. He's like 159 passer efficiency. He's good. He's better than Franks. Georgia is like the the Cleveland Browns of the of the uh, of, of the college football uh, schedule of the slate. They have like 54 penalty yards per game. They're a little bit of a mess. I think you're right that you know Notre Dame might have been a uh, paper lion there. I don't like them. They uh, what else? They're, they're just they're just not. There's no deep threat. There's no. It's not Georgia football like we know it. But I'm worried that too many people like this game. Um, let me look at Harry's real quick. Harry Jaguars plus eight and a half. I gave out on locking in. I gave Tampa Bay over fifty two out. So I like that on a teaser over forty four and a half. I think like I said, Seattle's going to have trouble with their offensive line, which I think is going to lead to turnovers and points. And Russell Wilson playing catch-up ball. Say what you will about Jameis, and I love when he throws three, four, five picks, but he's fun to watch. He's in sync with uh, Mike Evans and Godwin. I think there's a lot of points in that game. And I like plus eight and a half. Um, Sean Watson was great. Gets poked in the eye, adjusts his face mask, throws that game-winning touchdown. But the Jags, like you said, it seems to be a home game. If, If there is such a thing as a home game in London, plus eight and a half. We'll keep you alive for a little bit, at least until like 7.15 in the morning Pacific time. I'm riding you, Harry. How about you win one on this uh, show every once in a while? This will be it, right? <laughs> Since we're hanging this weekend, right? That's right. We're hanging this weekend. First of all, I'll talk about that in a second. Let's get Kyle's pick. Now, we have um, Bill Simmons as the $1 million pick with the house on Fridays. You can listen to that. Jim Cunningham, he's traveling now, but he has a $2 million pick with us. I think that's lost a couple times in a row. Kyle? You've listened to our wisdom for an hour. What's your pick? $3 million pick. Do it. $3 million pick. Pulling out of my back pocket. Big fan of Lions plus 110 over the Raiders. I think Matt Stafford's got a bunch of great football left, and uh, he's throwing the ball over the field to uh, Galladay, and I don't think the Raiders are very good. Whoa. All right, Brother Bry. What a slap in the face that Sorry, is, buddy. huh? Sorry. So mean, so mean Kyle. <laughs> you made me feel right, better. That's, well, well, he, he, wait, get wait, wait. he probably will throw all over Way better analysis than Jimbo. <laughs> Harry, I can't wait well, to see Well, it's a $3 million dollar pick, Harry. It's a million dollars right. more. Of course, it would carry better analysis. Uh, Kyle will be at my Halloween party. Harry will also be there, right? You're coming out to L- – when are you coming out? Like tomorrow, Thursday? Thursday morning, babe. Thursday morning. All awesome. right, babe. And Harry is at AAO. <laughs> Harry, you could see him. He will brag about every single game, winning uh, or losing. He's going to brag what? about that. What are you in third place in the uh, Gold Nugget contest? Third place in the Nugget, a half a point, which is a half a game, I guess, out of second, two out of uh, two wins out of first. Uh, and you can follow his picks. He'll scribble them down. You could maybe make them out or not. He'll post them on Twitter. Brother Bride does I'll a nice job follow. of separating. separating the picks um now listen i'm gonna warn you harry because joe house and i for the super contest were in second place a half a game out in the super contest thousands of people in this about five six years ago up to thanksgiving night and it could all go to shit it really can really quick we finished out of the money that was very late in the season and we just we just tanked it um but we will see you in uh, la brother brian what do you got going on this weekend at the brother brian right yeah, sports, sports, sports at uh, the Brother Bry. Um, 
we also have a really good UFC card this weekend. I mean, yeah. I debated going to it. I mean, tickets are really pricey for the garden for this one for the for the Diaz Masvidal fight. But uh, the one the one bet I do like on that card, I really like Gaslam. I know he's a little bit high, you know, which is always a little risky in the UFC. But Gaslam over Till, uh, to me, Gaslam. They're both punchers. Gaslam has Gaslam has a really good chin. Till doesn't have a chin at all. So I, I don't see how Till survives in this fight. All right. Yeah, like you said, that's a good card. Diaz, Masvidal. Masvidal with the flying knee. I don't know if he's going to try that against Diaz as it worked against Askren. But, uh, boy, and we've had Diaz on this podcast. Not afraid of anything. Just a maniac. I liked it. You don't love this bet. I liked it that it won't go to the decision. I don't know if, if the fight never happens. Do I get my money on not going not going the decision or or not not, not going the distance? We know, yeah, we're going to wake up one of these days and one of these fights is going to be off. That's another reason why I was like hesitant to buy tickets for it. They should work that into the odds. Like, I bet that to not go the distance. So if it never happens, it technically didn't go the distance. But anyway, that's a fun uh, UFC card. Parley Kid at the Chalk Talker. Yeah. Any Rochester football this weekend? No, no, I got a bye week this week. Thank goodness, Sal. Uh, Stop the <laughs> bleeding for a little bit. Almost should count as a win for them. Right. As far as I'm concerned. So. Uh, at least I get a little break from, uh, you know, 14 hours of traveling on, on, on a Saturday. So, um, uh, that, that would be nice for me. Uh, talking about the UFC, Sal, I, I'm really interested in seeing how Gregor Gillespie, uh, it's a kind of a, one of the, uh, maybe not anywhere near the top, uh, two or three fights of the night, uh, against Kevin Lee. So, so fans of, uh, wrestling, keep a lookout for that, obviously, because two good wrestlers. Gillespie, this guy could be the type of guy. Who could be the Khabib in the future? Mm. In the future, and right. not too far future. Gillespie could be the guy. Keep an eye on him. Really? And Sal, if, if we have time, did you see this um, text from Ken today regarding Harry? Uh, that Ken's been paying Harry. Oh, for I forgot about this. Yeah, many, Ken many is Harry's boss. Laundry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me yeah, let me uh, let me set the table here. Ken was Harry's boss for many years. Harry lives with him. Ken fired him a few months ago. Uh, Harry yeah. was unemployed, but he gets to live in the house if he um, if he walks the dog and and basically does everything yeah. else that he used to do. But he doesn't get paid anymore. But ne- okay, Paulie right. Kid. So what what is the text? What did Ken send us? So again, I don't have the text in front of me. So Brother Bry can help me out if I if I miss uh, speaking here. But um, so Ken has a maid come in on Tuesdays. Okay, so it, what do you need Harry for really for a lot of things? Then right, he's got a maid. Uh, just a good question. Ken general. has yeah. been paying Harry to do his laundry for what at least a decade now. So yeah. Ken's been paying Harry to do Ken's laundry. Yeah. But as it right. turns out, this maid, I guess, has been using some of her work time to do Harry's laundry when Ken has had no idea about this over the last decade that the maid is doing Harry's laundry work time while wow. Ken is paying Harry to do Ken's laundry. So Harry, is he going to look for back pay? I mean, you he'd sue you. I keep this house spotless during the week. There's no need for a maid, believe me. (laughs) Well, what about the laundry issue that Parley Kid just brought up? What is that about? That is unbelievable. Listen, I fit into like two shirts now. I got two shirts being washed a week. (laughs) Foot flopping shirts, so it's not that much laundry. All right. (laughs) That's all we, we just wanted you to admit. You can only fit in two shirts. That's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, where can people follow you? You're all over Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Tom Shady 300. There you go. Tweeting about the Patriots. Kyle had to get rid of his Josh Gordon jersey. Very sad moment. How much did you pay for that thing? Oh, that was a uh, free 99 from Bill Simmons, and I'm going to keep Ooh. that forever. Really? All right. <laughs> I think you're going to be all right. I think you're, you're going to be just fine, you Patriot fans. <laughs> uh, but we will discuss it. We'll discuss Patriots. I'll see you at the Halloween party. Parley Kid, Brother Brian, I wish you could be there. I'm not going to say who, but there might be a surprise guest. Maybe we'll talk about it uh, next week. Oh, yeah. Harry, you're, you're, bringing your, uh, you're bringing your girlfriend too, right? She'll, she'll come on uh, Friday afternoon, I think. So, yeah. Good. There you go. All right. See, Kyle's excited now. Maybe I'll let her wear its uh, Josh Gordon jersey. Um, that'll do it. Another episode against all odds. Cousin Sal locking in on FS1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern time. Thursday night football pregame show on Fox, San Francisco, Arizona, Halloween edition. I will have a comedy bit for you there. And watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 
11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Nephew Kyle. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na,